Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Smell Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Boateng. This week, join me in listening to an episode with Glow Del Monte. Glow is from Glasgow, Scotland. We talk about her anosmia journey and what that has been like for her. Glow works as a wardrobe mistress in the theater, which just sounds really cool, and she used her sense of smell to do the sniff test to tell if garments could go another show or two without washing, which is also a pretty cool skill. She has a very interesting story. Our interview was recorded on June 19th, 2020. Let's listen to the interview. Hi, Glow. Welcome to the Smell Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Awesome. I'm very excited to have you on today to kind of share your story with us. So to get us started, can you uh, let us know a little bit more about yourself? Uh, Where are you from and where do you currently live? Sure. I'm from uh, Glasgow in Scotland and I currently live here um, after travelling around for many years. Um, I'm back to bonny Scotland. <laughs> I've never been to Scotland, so it's definitely on my on my to visit list for sure. It's raining here very heavily just now. <laughs> yeah, that's so I don't know. I don't even I can only think of like the Loch Ness Monster. And that's so sad because <laughs> I'm sure there's so much more to Scotland. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I'm sure. <laughs> so can you share with us, what is your anosmia story? Okay, so um, when I was about, I'm 66 now, and when I was about 57, my smell smell just disappeared. It wasn't gradual, it just went away. Um, my partner, who listens to the radio all the time, said that this was probably due to, because I was menopausal. Um, and she'd heard loads of times that menopausal women went through losing their smell. Oh, uh, interesting. And suggested that I took cashew nuts. She'd heard this um, on the radio also. So I ate millions of cashew nuts, didn't make any difference. Uh, zinc tablets didn't make much difference. And then we sort of thought about it and thought it could have been possibly due to uh, root canal treatment possibly because I was very skeptical about the menopause thing and I didn't want to be branded that all menopausal women lost their sense of smell. Sorry to go on about it. So I went to the doctors who basically just told me to put up with it and shut up <laughs> sort of thing. Um, but I asked for a referral to the ENT department, um, mm-hmm. the and throat. And um, in the meantime, I had my daughter had who is a doctor got in touch with a place called fifth sense i don't know if it's a group that exists over your way and fifth sense sent her a smell training kit for me to try out but i I wasn't open to any anything like that at that particular time um so i i didn't bother with it i didn't bother with anything i just raged about everything back in those days um, this is nine years ago now, I think. So um, yeah. that's basically how it was. I just went went through it, it cra- crazily because um, in my job I needed my sense of smell quite quite a lot, um, and I just could no longer particularly do it. Um, what was your job? M- my job. Um, I'm I'm a wardrobe mistress. I work in the theatre, and um, quite a lot of our my particular um, work is involved with the smell test where we wouldn't wash every single garment that needed washing necessarily in between two shows unless it really smelt bad. Right. Um, (laughs) 
so we do a sniff test often and I just realised I could no longer smell whether the costumes were rank or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's got to be frustrating because it's, I can imagine just thinking of theatre, like those costumes are very, the ones I'm imagining in my head are very elaborate, so it's probably difficult to wash them. Oh, those sort of things, yeah, yeah. We, we would be doing um, uh, sweat pads taking them out and you know and spraying them all with vodka and stuff yeah yeah it's um they do get quite quite smelly <laughs> so yeah you sharing your story with me and you mentioned that you went to the doctor and it was kind of like just deal with it that's a very yeah. common story that a lot of people who come on the podcast share so I, yeah. I'm sorry that you also had that experience um when you were kind of trying to figure out what was going on with you and also, I am familiar with Fifth Sense. They don't have, um, Fifth Sense is not located in the United States, um, but I am very familiar with them. And I'm glad that your daughter was able to get you connected with that resource at least. Was that helpful? I mean, I know you said at the time, maybe not, but has that been helpful since that time? Since that time, um, it's been it's been a lifesaver to me, really. It was a real lifeline to, um, it, when I eventually considered that I, I, there was something amiss, I personally was in touch with Fifth Sense and um, we meet up twice a year, a big group of us, and just to meet other people with the same problem was a lifesaver for me. Yeah, it changed my life, I, I would say. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic that you got to meet people in person. Yeah, absolutely. That's crucial. <laughs> it took a long time for me to get to that point, too. I was an Osmic starting in 2009, um, and I didn't meet anyone in person who had it until 2018 so it was a really long time but yeah. it does it just makes such a big difference you're right absolutely. yeah yeah completely so my next question for you is in regards to food so I know for a lot of people who have anosmia their their relationship with food is impacted so do you think that being anosmic has impacted the way that you relate to food and eating well, for sure yeah if I was left to my own devices I, I would probably eat practically nothing um when i'm on tour or on holiday on my own i would survive on maybe a bag of i think you call them potato chips over there um, yeah you know maybe even a bag for three days you know just i i don't feel hunger so and nothing particularly would make me want to eat um I've learned to love water, though. I really love water. <laughs> that sounds bad, doesn't it? That's what I drink. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's better than drinking unhealthy stuff, so <laughs> water's yeah. good for you. <laughs> yeah. um, but, is there, besides potato chips, is there a particular food that is satisfying at all to you, or is that it, it's not really, it doesn't exist for you anymore? It doesn't really exist for me anymore, Um I'm not sure if this is relevant to this particular question or it might come later, but my daughter, again, she took me out for a very posh meal once and she mentioned to the restaurant that I was an Osmic and they made up special platters for me especially. They'd say, now, for you, they'd say to her, you have, you know, a tomato salad or something and they said but for your mother we have wild rice and um you know specific things that might textures that would um titivate my my taste buds possibly i don't know but and that was really lovely to be treated like that and for somebody to have put that much care into it um, yeah that's but but i wouldn't say there was anything no there's nothing and i don't know if it's the same with you but it changes 
like one week I can tolerate maybe tomatoes and the next week they're abhorrent to me. I can't bear them, you know. Mm. They love it, everything. Yeah, I have some texture, like texture aversion type things that I will deal with. Sometimes I can handle it and then other times like yogurt is just gross. Like her. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I have to like add like granola into it to tolerate yogurt. And then other times, even with granola, I'm just like, this is not pleasant. I'm not enjoying this. No. I I have specific tastes that I say, oh, this is lard or this is sand. That's that's my taste. (laughs) Lard and sand. Yeah. (laughs) So my next question for you is when smell comes up for you in daily life, do you take the time to explain to others that you can't smell? I don't really anymore because um, it it doesn't. Every most people that I know, I know now. Um, it's rare that I come across somebody that does not no longer knows about about me <laughs> about this. But just in fact, today I was speaking to somebody. Um, I do a little. Um, film every day of um, my partner in her workshop and she was using animal glue today mm. and uh, she said it really smells disgusting you're so lucky but you can't smell it and um, I was talking to another of my friends about it on Facebook and she said oh I'd, I'd, I'd totally forgotten that you couldn't smell <laughs> and that's things like that that people don't ever see it really so yeah so I never it doesn't really come up anymore actually it really not very Oh, not very often now. I, I I used to bang on about it all the time until everybody got the 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 the, the question. They they under, uh, everybody that I know knows. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I think it comes and goes in phases where it's yeah. like more of a focus in our lives, and then it kind of goes away for a while and comes back. I don't know if you feel the same, but you're I right. Think. Yes, 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 absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So the next question that I have for you is one that I ask everyone um, yeah. and there's no correct, like there's no right or wrong answer. I'm just curious as to yeah. what, what people's thought processes are, yeah. but do you self-identify as having a disability? I, I don't. Um, the, the, I've met a lot of pe- uh, people in similar circumstances that, that do. The only time I've seen it as life-threatening is when I nearly burnt the house down for not realising that I had a something on the stove and it, it totally burnt um but i don't see it as life-threatening particularly anymore no so i don't see it as a disability no thank you and if you could share with people what would you want people who do not have anosmia to know about what it's like for you living with it I used to liken it to the difference between seeing a movie in black and white and seeing it in colour. For me, I felt my life was black black and white, monochromatic, very, yeah, pale. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've heard others describe it as, and I've described it this way myself, but it's kind of like you're inside a glass, like there's a piece of glass between you and the world. Like, you can still see stuff, but, like, there's something separating you from them. And then other people that I've spoken to have talked about, like, being inside of a bubble. Like, there's just something, that there's some kind of barrier between you and the world that you can't, like, fully enjoy it. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would, agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. That definitely makes sense to me. Yeah. 
So as someone who has anosmia, have you also experienced distorted smells or you have complete anosmia? No, I I have. um, I get um, exhaust fumes, bleach, cigarette smoke. Um, Yeah, they're my main ones. Not all the time, but, you know, on occasion. Yeah. Do you think it's from something in the environment that's triggering it or do you think it's just your brain like playing tricks on you? I think it's my brain playing tricks on me. When the exhaust fume one comes, I I think that I'm being poisoned. It's really difficult when that happens because um, I I worry that I'm you know I'm being poisoned, but right. nobody else can smell it. That's that's yeah. And uh, how long does that usually last when those when those um, smells come in your head? They it varies from. A couple of hours to a couple of days I mean I, I can yeah but it's never much longer than that than a couple of days. Yeah, I've never actually experienced parosmia myself or phantosmia um, so I've been really lucky to not have that but I've spoken to a lot of people now for the podcast and it, that almost to me sounds more difficult than complete lack of the smell Yes, yeah, I, I can still feel panic at the moment, even thinking about it, and it's not happening to me now. I mean, I can't smell anything just now at all. But um, there's the exhaust fume one, and bleach is a fairly new one. I haven't smelt that. That's a recent, recently yeah. happened to me. I, I can imagine it. it's very invasive. Like it's the only thing you can focus on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So my next question for you, if you could have a sense of smell again that functioned correctly, would you want one? Yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What would be what would be something that you'd want to be able to smell again? My partner, my grandchildren, um the the grass, the the people talk about the rain quite often and I, I can't imagine what the rain smells like anymore. And I, yeah, but I wanna smell that. <laughs> Yeah, the rain is a good one. Yeah. I can vaguely remember it because I did grow up similar to you. I grew up with a sense of smell and then lost it. So I can kind of remember it, but I think that would be so fantastic to just be able to smell it again. Oh, and the other one, like I'd love to be, I, I'm a, I, I do a lot of running. I would love to be able to, uh, and I ran before I lost, lost my sense of smell, to smell sweat again. Yeah. That, that sounds disgusting, but no, I would really love that. <laughs> I don't think it's disgusting. I think mm-hmm. it makes sense because you're doing so much work and it's like normal to kind of maybe sniff yourself after a hard workout. And now, yeah. now we don't have that anymore. Yeah. No, no, no. no I'd, I'd, um, yeah, that'd be another thing. Or shower gel in the shower or whatever, you know, but no. Yeah. The other day I was doing laundry and I, I took the clothes out of the dryer and I had a, a really just kind of sad moment because I just remember that smell of pulling clothes out. And like the the dryer sheet, the laundry yeah. ref- freshener, yeah. whatever that little thing's called, yeah. um, the way that it makes the, the clothes smell, I can remember that, and it's just kind of comforting. Yeah, well, that's gone. Yeah, because well, I work in wardrobe, and a lot of our job is um, <laughs> laundry. Um, people often come into wardrobe on in various theaters and various places all over the world, and they say. We love coming in here because it smells so comforting, all the laundry smells. <laughs> think, right? Yeah, Clean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Glow, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with listeners? I just think it's it, it's so important to 
speak with others. I mean, just even speaking on this podcast is, is I'm quite excited about it. It's it's great sharing with um with other people that have, are in the same same situation. Yeah, I think that that's about all. But I I wanted to quite I, I think this might be quite a, a, a disgusting thing to focus on, but that it's the personal hygiene thing as well. I mean, in the beginning, I was so hell bent on making sure that I was scrupulously clean all the time, you know, and didn't have any, you know, I was always worried what I might smell like. So I was, I could, when people hugged one another, I would always, I would never want to be a huggy person anymore. Um, yeah. Not that we can now anyway, but um, I, I hated that contact um, in case I smell and now I, I don't really care. <laughs> so yeah, I would, I would say, don't worry about it. <laughs> People will tell you if you do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it makes sense, though, like to be worried about that. You don't have any context clues anymore to tell yeah. you whether or not you are stinky. And a yeah. lot of times people are too polite to tell you if you have food in your teeth, let alone if you stink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. And OK, last question for you is how can listeners get connected with you on social media? I, I'd, because I'm older, I, I wasn't sure what social media was. I had to ask my daughter, and she said it's like Facebook or something. And I am on Facebook, so yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I'm just on Glodo. I'm Glodo, aren't I? <laughs> Perfect. Well, I'll make sure um, to include that in the show notes. So, thank you so much for coming on and speaking to me and sharing a little bit more about your story. I'm sorry, Anosmia happened to you, but I'm I'm grateful that you were able to come on and, and kind of speak with all of us. That's the goal of the podcast is to share all of our stories with each other. Well, that's great. I shall make sure that I listen to it because I've certainly got enough time just now. The theatre won't be going back for quite a while, I don't think, in, the, in uh, Britain. Yeah. Well, thank you again. I enjoyed speaking to you and have a good rest of your day. You too, Katie. Enjoy yourself. Bye-bye. Thank you to Glow for coming on the show and sharing her anosmia journey with us. And a shout out to Fifth Sense who were mentioned during the episode. If you'd like to get connected with them, you can visit fifthsense.org.uk. You can also get connected with Glow herself on Facebook. I've shared her profile link in the episode notes. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can send me an email at thesmellpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at The Smell Podcast and visit me online at thesmellpodcast.com. I'm always interested in sharing listener stories. Please rate, review, and subscribe to The Smell Podcast if you listen using iTunes. Reviews are helpful because they allow others to find the show. Finally, if you would like to financially support the podcast, you can do so by clicking on the link in the episode description. I appreciate your support. And a huge shout out to everyone who currently contributes to the show because your generosity is what makes the podcast possible. Until next time, have a great day.